And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play by play coming to you live today on this Monday. We've got a reactionary Monday. There was so much football that was played. We're not going to have a whole lot of call-in guests today because we want to react to the different things that we saw on the television and saw around the state. We do have one, though. Um, Coach Dwayne Jenkins at Lutcher will be joining us in the next segment of the show because his Lutcher Bulldogs are one of a handful of local teams that are still playing on this Thanksgiving week, preparing for their next playoff game. And we'll start off there with a rundown of all of the games that took place over the weekend or across the LHSAA's eight playoff brackets. Division one, non-select. Um, we've got Rustin, the number one seed, survived. Survived. 20-18 to 18 over Westgate. Westgate attempted a two-point conversion late, didn't convert. Rustin wins. Rustin will take on Walker, the nine seed, who defeated number 25, North Shore, 28-2. The number 21 seed, Mandeville, defeats Santamont, 42-21. The 21 seed, Mandeville, will now take on Airline, who survived. They got a stop on a late-game two-point conversion that allowed them to get a 36-35 win over Southside, Mandeville, and Airline in the quarterfinals. Destrehan, in the craziest story and probably the best news story that we've had in recent weeks, they got a 31-10 over Bell Chase without their football coach. What's the name of that gentleman again? Coach Scott? Where at? Uh, Destrehan. Yes. Is it Marcus Scott? Marcus Scott. Yeah. I was reading, and we saw, and we talked about this a little bit Saturday. Well, you know what? Let me go through the rest of the bracket, then I'll tell you the story. Destrehan beats Belchase 31-10. to They're taking on Zachary, who defeated Salmon 49-28. to Destrehan and Zachary is just a ridiculous matchup in the quarterfinals. Number seven, Dutchtown rolls past Chalmette, flexes their muscles 48-7. to Dutchtown will now take on Central of Baton Rouge. But back to Coach Scott and Destrehan. We mentioned on Saturday he missed the game, and the prognosis or the, the 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 word from the school was he missed with a positive medical issue or an issue a medical issue that is going to have a positive outcome. Did you see what what happened? No, I did not. He has been on a waiting list for a kidney transplant for like months. On like Thursday or Friday, he got the call. Hey, bro, come on, come get your new kidney. So he had a kidney transplant, and. Uh, Apparently, it was successful, and he's going to have a, a happier, healthier life now post-surgery. At least that's the hope. Oh, I wonder how long uh, recovery time. Yeah. If not, he can get back on the sideline. Not or sure if he'll be there Friday, but, man, um, we're, we're super happy to hear that, you know, he needed some help, and it, it looks like he's gotten it. Wow. Non-select Division Two. North DeSoto's the one seed. They defeated the Ritter 63-21. to North DeSoto will take on Iowa, who defeated Plaquem in 36-19. So North DeSoto and Iowa, one versus eight. The 12 seed, Opelousas, they're always really good in the playoffs. They defeat number five, West Feliciana, 14 to nothing. Opelousas will now take on Lutcher, who defeated Abbeville 35-12. So number four, Lutcher, number 12, Opelousas. We'll have Coach Jenkins on in the next segment to talk about his team's chances against Opelousas. Will Broussard and the Assumption Mustangs get a 43-21 win over Burrow Bridge. They'll now take on number 22, Northwest, who continues their Cinderella story by beating number 6, Wasman, 24-14. So Northwest has defeated number 11, Franklin Parish, and number 6, Wasman. Now they're going to try to beat number 3, Assumption, on Friday. Number 10, Jennings gets a 25-23 win over St. Martinville. They'll now take on maybe the hottest team in the state right now, the Cecilia Bulldogs. They get a 70-30. to 30. That's not a typo. That's not a mis, you know, me misspeaking. 70-30 to 30 went over Iota, Cecilia, and Jennings in the quarterfinals there. 
we stick to the non-select brackets division three. Gina, the number one seed, gets a 46-7 win over Caldwell Parish. They'll now take on Amit, the eighth seed, who defeated number nine, Jules Sumner, 21-0. Bogalusa, the five seed, gets a 28-7 win over Lauraville. Bogalusa will now take on number four, Union Parish, who defeated Port Allen, 35-6. St. James, 42, North Webster, 12, in a three-versus-14 matchup. St. James will now take on Manet. That's a traditional state power. St. James and Manet on Friday. Manet defeated South Plaque, 45 to nothing. Manet in the playoffs has won 61 nothing and 45 to nothing. It'll be a tough one for St. James on Friday. Number seven, Pine defeats number 23 of Oils, 28 to six. They'll now take on number two, Sterlington, who defeated number 18, Mansfield, 35 to 15. That bracket, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No upsets. Um, Division four, non select. Number one, Logansport defeats number 16, Franklin, 64 to 12. Big time blowout there. Number eight, Welsh defeats number nine, White Castle, 54 to 18. So we got Logansport and Welsh. Generette, that's a quasi local team. They got a 28 to 20 win over number 12, East Feliciana. Generette will now take on number four, Haynesville, who defeated number 20, General Trass, 48 to 22. Oak Grove, the three seed, defeats Lake Author, 49 to 20. They'll now take on number six, Mangum, who defeated number 22, Centerville, 53 to 14. At the bottom of the bracket, Homer defeats Oakdale 34 to 32. The seven seed goes over the 10 seed. They'll now take on number two, Kentwood, who defeated Faraday 46 to 8. Those are your non-select brackets. We move to the select side. And who oh, we got some heavy hitters in Division I Select. Holy Cross, the number one seed, blows out Jesuit 42 to nothing in the second round after an opening round bye. They'll now take on State Power Acadiana, who defeated Karen Crow 14 to 7. Holy Cross and Acadiana in the quarters. Edna Carr gets a 50 to nothing win over Woodlawn of Baton Rouge. The five seed moves on. They'll take on number 13, Alexandria, who defeated Brother Martin on the road 23 to nothing. A little bit of a surprise, a little bit of a shock. We've got Edna Carr and Alexandria. Catholic of Baton Rouge rolls past John Everett 45 to nine. The three seed, Catholic High, will now take on number six, John Curtis, who survived a scare. From St. Augustine on Friday, 49-42 to in a game that went back and forth. St. Aug had some chances to win that one late. Curtis holds on. They're taking on Catholic in the quarterfinals. Two more scores from that bracket. St. Paul's gets a 38-14 to win over Tioga. The seven seed will now take on number 18, Rummel, who defeated uh, Captain Shreve 13-3. to So the Catholic League holding their own. We still, of the final eight teams left, We've got Holy Cross, Carr, John Curtis, and Rummel all in there. So four of the eight are from our New Orleans Catholic League. Yep, good games coming up. Catholic of Baton Rouge is going to be a tough out. Uh, John Eric wasn't a bad football team. Oh, no. Uh, and across the state, some good games. And that Catholic League, my goodness. Brutal, brutal, brutal. And look, we we said on this show, don't be surprised if number 18 Rummel beats number two Captain Shreve. We knew what Rummel had faced this year. And if they had played any other schedule, they would have been a top 10 team. They go on the road and get a 13 to 3 win. They'll try to keep their journey alive against St. Paul's. I would favor them again in that matchup. Um, Division two select. We got a local team that's still playing. Uh, but first, number one, St. Thomas Moore defeats Estruma 57 to 14. They'll now take on St. Michael the Archangel, who defeated Livingston Collegiate 49 to 14. So St. Thomas Moore and St. Michael out in Lafayette. A lot of folks were picking Evangel to beat Shaw this weekend. It didn't happen. Shaw gets a 20-13 to 13 win over Evangel. Boy, to hold that high-powered Evangel offense to 13 is some really good work. That sets up a New Orleans versus New Orleans matchup. There's going to be a lot of fun. But Shaw will take on John F. Kennedy, who rolled past Vanderbilt 46-6. to 6. 
Watch some of that. Ooh, Kennedy got some dudes, man. All over the field, they got some dudes. Lafayette Christian, the three seed. Speaking of a school that's got some dudes, they get a 54-20 to win over Peabody. They'll now take on McDonough 35, who defeated St. Louis 53-23. to So Lafayette Christian and McDonough 35. Turlings, the seven seed, survives a scare from number 10 Madison Prep 31-30. to They'll now take on number two E.D. White, who survived a scare from number 15 De La Salle. The Cardinals trailed in this game by 10 points in the third quarter. Battle back. They trailed 27-24 with about a minute 30 left. They get a good punt return and punch it in. Sternfels completes a pass to Paxton LaFont, who is a new Nichols State University commitment. Congratulations to Paxton. E.D. White moves on there at home against Turlings. It's going to be a big challenge Friday. You're facing a Turlings team who lost to St. Thomas Moore by one point, who lost, or excuse me, who beat Notre Dame 34 to 14, who beat Westgate 38 to 14. It's going to be a big challenge for E.D. White. Curious to see if Turlings could slow down that option and if E.D. White could control the pace of the game against a very quality opponent. Yeah, impressive beating Westgate by that much uh, of a margin to score. And uh, John F. Kennedy. Look, I was impressed dudes. with those guys. They got dudes all and, over. And that quarterback zings that ball. Left-handed, he he put some zip on that football. And they got receivers who get the ball out in space. If you make the first person miss, uh, they're going a long way. And up front in the trenches, both sides of the ball, defense and offense, some men up there. Big, big, big guys. No doubt. So we'll be keeping an eye on them as they take on Shaw in the quarters. In Division Three, select, we got two more brackets to get through. Number one, St. Charles gets a 43 to nothing win over Ascension Episcopal. They'll now take on number nine, Notre Dame. Man, Notre Dame crushed number eight, Darbone Woods Charter in a nine versus eight matchup, 49 to seven. St. Charles and Notre Dame, that's two heavy hitters. Lake Charles College and Career Prep, they were the 21 seed, but when you look at their schedule, they have played a lot of really quality teams. Westgate, Opelousa, St. James, St. Like, they have played a treacherous schedule, and it showed because on Friday they upset number five, Catholic of New Iberia, 7-3. to three. So the number 21 seed will now take on number four, University Lab, who defeated Patrick Taylor Sciences and Technology 62-6. to six. At the bottom half of the bracket, number three, Newman gets a 45 to nothing win over St. Thomas Aquinas. Newman will now take on number 11, Episcopal, who defeated Bunky 38 to 14. Parkview Baptist, they're always in the playoffs and they always make a run. They get a 39 to 32 win over Dunham. The 10 seed goes over the 7 seed. Parkview will now take on number two, Calvary Baptist, who defeated Holy Savior Menard 49 to nothing. One more bracket to go, and it's a bracket where we still have a local team competing. Division four select. Not a big surprise. Vermilion Catholic, the number one seed, uh, got a 49 to 12 win over 17 Delhi Charter. They're going to have to take on an Ascension Catholic team that beat Opelousas Catholic 77 to 43. We G Cassard gave us the stat on Saturday. Their running back uh, had what 430 something yards and eight or nine touchdowns. Like just a ridiculous performance there. I saw Ascension Catholic in the scrimmage against HL Bourgeois. And you remember, I came right into the yep. studio the next day and said, hey, bro, um, that's a really, really good football team. So they move on to the quarters. Number five, Riverside gets a 14-12 to win over Catholic Point Capie. They'll now take on number four, St. Martin's Episcopal, who uh, beat Covenant Christian 40-27. to Jesse and his team played hard. He said they turned it over the goal line once, could have maybe done some things to flip that one around. But all in all, a really good first season for Jesse at CCA. 
the bottom of that bracket. Number three, Wachita Christian defeats number 19, Westminster Christian, 56-7. to They'll now take on number six, St. Mary's, who defeated number 11, Glenbrook, 30-27. to And on the bottom tier, the last little uh, quadrant, we've got number 10, Central Catholic of Morgan City, going on the road, getting a 6-2 to win over number seven, St. Frederick. Central Catholic will now take on number two, Southern Lab, who defeated Hanson Memorial 47-27. to So Central Catholic taking on Southern Lab. And, and don't just assume that Central Catholic is going to be a huge underdog there. Southern Lab beat Hanson 47-27. That's a 20-point spread. Central Catholic beat Hanson 29-8. That's a 21-point spread. I know that's lazy and you can't always rely on that. But just goes to show on paper, Central Catholic might have a chance to keep pushing beyond Friday. Yeah, look, their defense must have played one heck of a game uh, last Friday night. So if that defense can come out and have another strong performance, their offense can strike at any time. Yep. With their quarterback and their skilled players, they can any any time they can score quick. So, yeah, definitely they got a shot. So um, looking around, we've got a bunch of high school basketball teams that are playing in tournaments. South Lafouche is at the Edna Car Tournament playing Destrehan later today. Girls. Uh, girls, yes, girls. The For the men, if you're in the area, today at 5 o'clock, Thibodeau High School, we've got a first game of a triple header. Denham Springs will be taking on Central Lafouche in the opener. 6.30, Port Allen will be taking on Southside. And at 8 o'clock, Ellender will be taking on Thibodeau. So you want to watch some local teams. Uh, you got your chance to see three of them with Central, Ellender, and Thibodeau all in the field. Southside's going to be very talented and very entertaining. Coach Todd Rust does a good, a very, very good job there. Denham Springs is always tough. So there's going to be some good basketball there. That is Monday and Tuesday. The schedule is 5, 6, 30, and 8. On Wednesday, the schedule is 2, 34, and 5, 30. So three straight days. Tony does a great job. There's going to be a lot of good basketball there at Thibodeau. Yeah, it's going to be a good tournament. I look uh, forward to going out there and see a couple of games. I want to see uh, Denham Springs, Central. Uh, I want to get a, a look at Thibodeau. The Tarpons are going to play them two Twice, times yeah. coming up uh, soon. And, uh, again, Central with a lot coming back. Their, the expectations are pretty high for Central right now because they have a lot coming back. Uh, I want to see how they can start the year off. I know they got a big victory over South Terrebonne, but uh, got some – Talented teams in this tournament. Yep, Central did open up the season with a win against South Terrebonne on Friday. I was blessed and fortunate enough to watch Central Lafouche's girls win on Friday against Covenant Christian in a very hard-fought game that went right down to the end. So we'll be uh, learning a lot during this Thanksgiving week about our local teams. As we mentioned, South Lafouche girls playing at the Edna Carr tournament. Um, Bourgeois playing at a tournament, I think, in Central Louisiana. They're facing some quality competition out there. So we're going to learn a lot in the next couple of days about our local teams. And I just saw some breaking news from Arkansas. Ticket prices are down to $75. And for $75, you get to stand on the sideline with the coaches and call two plays. What? For 75 bucks. Couldn't do worse than what <laughs> Sam Pittman's doing. More about that in our And w's he's coming and back. More about that in our W's and L's, which are going to be later today. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Lutcher. Uh, Coach Jenkins will be joining us. His team has a quarterfinal game. Surprise, surprise, right? They're always a quarterfinal team. We'll ask him about some things they're trying to do to prepare to try to make another run to the Dome. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. 
Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets with cages and certified safety slings for easy maneuvering. Also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7 in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi. Visit Joe's Septic at Vis- Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff, your hometown eye care specialist, is happy to announce the addition of another hometown eye care provider and Dr. Tana LaFont to our office. Dr. LaFont is happy to be back home in South Lafouche to provide eye care services for the community. Call the office at 985-632-2884 to make your appointment today. Dr. Darby Chasson and Dr. Tana LaFont look forward to providing the best eye care services to their hometown for years to come. Visit us at 16140 West Main Street in Cutoff. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. It is always a good time to be a high school football fan when your team is playing and practicing on Thanksgiving week because that means that you made it to the quarterfinals. It's play-by-play here, and we go to the phone lines for the first time today. We have Coach Jenkins over at Lutcher. His team got a 35-12 to win over Abbeville, setting up a 4-12 versus matchup at Lutcher on Friday against Opelousas. Coach, good morning, man. How are we doing? Doing good. Just finished practice, so it's always, like you said, it's always a good time to be practicing this week when you don't have to worry about kids being at school. Yes, sir. Um, you guys took care of business after the bye, getting a 35-12 to win against Abbeville. Uh, we followed you guys throughout the course of the season. Uh, really good defense, but it looked like your offense played pretty well on Friday, too. Talk about the way the kids performed, man. Yeah, we. it was kind of unfortunate kind of the way our schedule unfolded. We, we had some real heavy hitters early on and kind of didn't give our offense, which was bringing – only had three starters back from last year's team and trying to – find a, a new identity and we started off with some heavy hitters early on and really didn't get our feet underneath us or give us any confidence and it was a work in progress all year long but we, we've seemed to establish a little bit of identity here over the last couple of weeks and uh came out and executed at a high level uh friday night bro one thing that you told me um after the south lafouche game and really even before the south lafouche game when we had you on a preview you said hey man we're so proud of our special teams. We've got a kicker who could bomb it. we got a punter who's really good. And you said, hey, man, like we're not going to sugarcoat it. One of the things we're trying to do is we're trying to pin you inside of the 20, make you punt it from your end zone, and create short fields for our young offense. Have you guys still been able to follow that recipe in the back, ha- uh, back stretch of the year? Yeah, we have, all except for one game. 
And that was the assumption game. Well, there you go. The assumption, assumption was able to do it to us. The, the assumption punter actually pinned us inside the 10 four times that night. Ooh. So uh, that was that was the difference in that game. They, they actually were able to use the recipe that we had used all year long against us that night. And uh, hats off to them. They're having, having a great season and practicing this week as well. Tell us about Opelousas. We saw them uh, down the bayou for a playoff game oh, a couple years ago. They were super athletic, super fast, but also had some good size and some good speed for their big kids. They're coming off of a win against number 5 West Feliciana, 14 to nothing. What are some things you see on tape, man? Because i got to tell you, I think they're better than a 12 seed normally. Um, it's going to be a tough challenge for your crew. No doubt. They are, I, I think, from the beginning of the season, if you had asked people at the beginning of the year, Opelousas would have been one of the top fours in this division, top four teams in this division. They returned everybody, I think, from 17 to 18 starters from a team last year that had earned a three seed and just happened to get upended by a Lakeshore team who went for two at the end of the game to beat them 35-34 last year in the second round. And they brought everybody back, and they look like a, an experienced football team. And, and the crazy thing is, they'll all be back again next year. They're almost all juniors. So they were last year, they were sophomores. And uh, from our accounts, we think we counted seven guys that, all, that already have Division one offers on that football team. Goodness. Um, uh, they have a running back who's an LSU commitment who's six foot two twenty. They have an outside linebacker that's 6'4", 230, and has offers from every, like every Power 5 school, Michigan, uh, Miami, Ole Miss, you name it, he's got it. Um, and then on a, on our offensive line, they've got three guys with, with offers. They've got two defensive tackles with offers. So it's a star-studded, very talented lineup. And the thing about them is it looks like as the season's going on, they're clicking on all cylinders. They're scoring 50, 60 in games. And over the last five weeks, I think they've given up two touchdowns. Oh, man, that's crazy. Well, I know you guys are going to be up to the test, but it's going to definitely be a tough one. Um we had Will Broussard on Saturday. He's the Assumption football coach, and he said, hey, look, man, you know we're super grateful and super excited to have a game on in the quarterfinals. But he also said, look, we're going to practice early. We want the kids to get off their feet, and we want the kids to understand, hey, it's Thanksgiving. You guys do deserve a little time with the family and, and do have the chance to go be kids. Are you, you guys kind of approaching it the same way out there? Well, I think the, the benefit for us is our team, this is our third year in a row that we've played this week. So we've kind of we have our own routine. They understand that we're gonna come in, we're gonna hit the practice field every morning at eight o'clock, and we're gonna try to get them out of here before ten thirty, and uh, give them the, the the week to spend time with their family and do those things. So our kids understand what our routine is here for this week, and that's one of the things that we gotta hope is to our advantage because we do have kids that know how to practice this week and they've been through that routine before. So that's normally one of the toughest tasks. Uh, that any coaching staff has dealing with this week, and I think we're just fortunate that we've got a team full of kids that have kind of been there and done that before. For sure, man. Look, you guys were kind of in the middle in the redistricting cycle, right? Like you could have maybe gone to a more New Orleans area district or stay in the bayou. It looks like you guys are going to stay in the bayou and uh, also add E.D. White in. Was that a move that you were in favor of? Yes. Uh, we, we love um, the community-based schools that the bayou has. And we feel like that's what we are. Uh, it gives us opportunity to play schools that are that are more like us than going into those metro areas and playing those city schools. Um, one of the examples that we use, uh, that we talked about here with our staff and with our, with our administration when we're discussing those things, was that JV game at South Lafouche in the middle of a week for, from a football standpoint. We were still able to get a full practice in, put our kids on a bus, 
send them to South Lafouche, kept a couple of coaches back to get the varsity guys out, and the varsity guys still all made it to South Lafouche before the 6 o'clock kickoff. Um, when you're driving into the city, there's no guarantee that you can get from point A to point B without getting stuck in traffic in, in a timely fashion. So that was one of the examples that we use. Um, maybe uh, miles on a car might be one or two miles further, but the, the community-based aspect of the Bayou is something that we really do enjoy and, and, and look forward to seeing that. Look, I'll leave you with this. I know you're very well connected with some of the inner workings of the LHSA, and you're very involved. And it might be an unfair question, but truly, as we sit here on November 20th, I don't know that anybody knows. But if I had to put you on the spot after the executive uh, session in, in January, or the annual convention in January, what is the association going to look like? Is there any chance things come back together, or do we tweak the split? Do we further... Uh, and, and add more to the split, more uh, more sports. Like, and if you had your best guess, what would it look like after January? I think after January, I, I, I think with ten years of tortoises, the split's here. Uh, I, I don't think the split's going anywhere uh, after ten years. I think uh, after this January, I think there's going to be probably not as much change as people anticipate. I think the the playoff structure and some of those things will be ratified. Um, I think at some point. I think all sports will be district by division um, instead of by basic classification. I think that's going to – I don't think it's going to be this year. Uh, I think there's a push for some people to make it this year. I just don't know if there's an avenue to make that happen. Um, I think sometime in the future that we'll see all sports being district by division, meaning that um, I guess having those cohesive districts that are kind of for all your sports will kind of go away, and it will be based on the number of teams that play in that sport and make the divisions. I think the only place where you might see a, the split come to the end might be with your really small schools, your Class C schools. But uh, I think that's, that might be the only place where you see it come back together. Sounds like a winner, bro. Hey, thanks so much for the time, man. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and best of luck to you and your team on Friday, bro. I appreciate it. Hopefully we can win, and y'all can call me again the following Monday. Sounds like a plan, brother. Take care. Happy, ha- happy Thanksgiving. Thank y'all. You too. Yep. That is Coach uh, Jenkins doing a great job at Lutcher. Um, Boy, you talk about a rough draw. <laughs> in the quarterfinals, you get a 12 seed in Opelousas who has seven D1 commitments, who we know Cecilia's really good. Lost to Cecilia 25-22, to a game that Cecilia had to rally back to win. Loses to Santamont 28-22. to Has wins 51-7 to over Bro Bridge. Um, it's going to be tough, but I tell you this, um, Opelousas better show up ready to play too, but Letcher's going to be ready to go. And he touched on something there that I think is really important. And Kyle says the same thing. When you've already done it once before, it becomes routine. They play on Thanksgiving week every week. They're not going to be afraid of that. They're going to be ready to go on Friday. Yeah, and what a matchup that's going to be with Lutcher's defense. Against an LSU running back. Yeah, a a tough offense. Uh, Yeah, they better be up for the challenge. Lutcher's going to bring it. Uh, on defense, their offense, look, is getting better and better as that season goes on. So uh, Lutcher could be uh, poised to, to make a little run right here. The winner of that game will meet the winner between North DeSoto and Iowa. Uh, and then, of course, on the bottom, we've got Assumption Northwest. The winner of that will play the winner between Cecilia and Jennings. So there's a really good chance that our guy Will is going to be locked up with our guy Dennis in the semifinals. If what both a matchup. <laughs> what a matchup that would be. Absolutely. Let's catch a break when we get back. 
Uh, we'll talk about some things that happened in the world of sports over the weekend. It was a very busy sports weekend. Saints didn't play, but LSU did. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some other things happening in the NFL and NCAA. And I got a rant about Zion Williamson resting in a game that the Pelicans lost by one. So we've got a whole lot coming in our lunchtime hour. We'll be right back after this. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. No chance, that's what you got. New Orleans Saints did not play yesterday. So, speaking of teams that have no chance, um, I was watching the NFL yesterday. And I saw, how about them Cowboys get a 33-10 win over Carolina? I saw C.J. Stroud play well again. I saw Trevor Lawrence play well again. I saw Tua play well again. I saw the Detroit Lions do well and come back and get a win. And then in the nightcap on Sunday night, I watched the Denver Broncos get a 21-20 win over the Minnesota Vikings. And it just makes you wonder. The Saints, who have had the second easiest schedule in the entire NFL, are five and five. The Broncos, five and five under Dennis Allen. The Broncos, who have had a top 10 schedule in terms of difficulty and who started the year awful, started off the year one and five, have now won four games in a row and are five and five. And they're heading into a stretch next week home against the Browns who don't have their starting quarterback, they could probably win that one. At Houston's going to be a challenge, but you're facing a rookie quarterback. You're going to have a chance in that one. And as I was putting my head on the pillow last night, it kind of clicked in. 
Saints traded Sean Payton to Denver for a first-round pick last year's draft and a second-round pick in this year's draft. I don't think they got enough. (laughs) Because Sean Payton is proving right now that he is worth the draft pick capital that Denver gave up and then some because they're now sitting here. And it took a month and a half, right? They were not very good to start the year. They lost to Las Vegas. They lost to the Commanders. They lost 70-20 to to Miami. It took a little while for us to get here. But the Broncos are playing some really good football right now. And you could see where if Sean adds a couple of pieces in the offseason, trades for this guy, signs that guy, um, look out. (laughs) Because... They have fixed Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson last year in 15 games had 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, quarterback rating of 84. This year in 10 games, he has 19 touchdowns, four interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 104. That's a 20-point increase. Sean's a really, really, really good coach, and boy, that's going to be to Denver's blessing for the next decade or so. And the Saints really, really should have gotten a little more because they handed Denver a really, really good thing. Well, I agree. They should have gotten a little more. But what the Saints are going to do with it, Right, they're going to screw it up anyway. I mean, uh, in the the past, their draft picks weren't that great. I mean, they're not getting so – but Sean Payton just – he makes people better. And what he does – he he gets these guys to refocus on on football because all the, the nonsense that uh, Russell Wilson was had his own what personal yeah, only locker yeah, room or office, office or yeah. whatever it was. I mean, so he's got him refocused, and it, it took him a little while to to gel together. But they have it going right now, and they um they don't give up in games. They make mistakes, but. Their their defense is starting to play some football. Forced three turnovers last night, gave their offense the ball back, and just Denver's offense had a little bit of trouble scoring touchdowns. They relied, I think, too much on field goals. If they get that corrected, they, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with when it's uh, all said and done at the end of the season. It's crazy. They're they're five and five. Last year they were five and twelve. So they've already matched last season's win total, and they're going to add to that as the year goes on. So just a great job by by Sean and the and the Broncos. New Orleans is entering a Week Twelve matchup with Atlanta, um, which is going to be a very challenging game on the road. In fact, you're going to be in that number. You're going to be out there in Atlanta. Uh, the opening line for the game says that New Orleans is a. Oh, actually, New Orleans is not a – Atlanta is a one-point favorite at home. Atlanta is not going to be starting Taylor Heineke. They're going back to Desmond Ritter. I think that's a mistake. I think Taylor Heineke is a better player, but that's neither here nor there. A big game for both teams, and I've seen a lot of media around the country say the loser of this game's coach is going to be very, very much so on the hot seat. Atlanta's got um, – what is it? Uh, well – just drew a blank. I'll get you the name, name of their guy. Uh, oh, man, I see him. Yeah, I see his face. I, I completely drew a blank. Uh, Arthur Smith um, is the Falcons guy. The Saints, of course, Dennis Allen. Um, do you think that this is a situation which whichever one of the two doesn't win the division, the other guy's going to be out? Not in New Orleans. See, you know, that's crazy to me because last night, I, I'm glad you said that. I was watching um, what is it, Channel 6, Fletcher Mackle's uh, program, and – 
He had Catherine Terrell on. And by the way, I went to LSU with Catherine Terrell, really, really good person. She covers the, the New Orleans Saints for ESPN.com. Um, they, were, they asked, hey, if the Saints don't make the playoffs, are drastic changes coming? And she said Dennis Allen's safe. Like, this is somebody that covers the team every day, and she's of the belief that Dennis Allen is safe no matter how the rest of Like, dude, that's crazy. Can you, ima- look, can you imagine how much of a bummer it's going to be to the fans next year if they just run it back? Dennis Allen, uh, probably a new offensive coordinator. I think they'll have to make that change. But still Carr and still the same pieces. And Dude, fans are going to lose interest in that really quick. But, Casey, look at it this way. Who above Dennis Allen is going to recommend that they make a move? And that's a great point, too, because for Loomis to move on from Dennis Allen, he would have to be willing to admit, hey, I screwed this up and it didn't work. In two years, we had to make a move, which hurts his job security. So, but, boy, it's starting to feel like LSU with less miles, though, uh, just insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, except expecting a different result. The only thing, if Miss Benson comes in and says, look, <laughs> I'm cleaning house, get rid of all of them. And that won't happen. Atlanta's coming in. They've lost three in a row. But they've lost three in a row in purely Atlanta fashion. They lost late to Tennessee, 28-23. Lost late to Minnesota, 31-28. Lost late to Arizona, 25-23. So they're not as bad as the 4-6 and six record would indicate. They are going back to Ritter. He's more mobile. The Saints have a hard time stopping running quarterbacks. The Saints are coming off of a bye. Some, maybe some of those older guys on defense, DeMario Davis and Cam Jordan, might have some fresher legs. You're going to the game. I'm not asking you to make an official pick just yet, but are you optimistic about New Orleans' chances on Sunday against Atlanta? No. 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 <laughs> I can make a pick now. <laughs> Saints not winning. Atlanta's going to run the ball right at them like they did last year. Saints got lucky to win in the uh, – Georgia Dawn, I don't know what they call yeah, it now. Yeah, Michael or, Thomas late had some... Uh, yeah, uh, Saints are hurting right now. I I mean, is Carr playing? I think so, but I think Thomas, surprise, surprise, is out, and I think Lattimore. Lattimore. The, the, both of those guys are going to be out, and I, I just I just, I don't see the Saints stopping the run against Atlanta. I think they'll pound the ball right at them. Quarterback is going to do just enough to, uh, to win the game for him, and if Carr's in there, I have no confidence at all in, in Derek Carr. I, I, I want to say something. It's about another team in the Saints division. I owe an apology to Bryce Young <laughs> because I've been watching all year long and saying he's a bust, he's a flop. And I've been looking at the stats. I haven't actually watched Carolina play a whole lot. I watched him when they played the Saints. He didn't look all that good. I watched him from cover to cover yesterday against Dallas. You could have Joe Montana. You could have Tom Brady. You could have Johnny Unitas. You could have whatever quarterback you want to have. Their offensive line is the worst offensive line I've ever seen. He got sacked seven times yesterday, got hit just about on every drop back. I I, I think that the right pick still would have been Stroud for obvious reasons what he's doing, but I can't say in good faith that Bryce Young's going to be a bust after watching the lack of protection, the lack of support that he has. He drops back and just gets slaughtered every play. Like I, fe- I literally felt bad for him yesterday watching Carolina play Dallas. Man, you want to talk hot seat? Frank Wright. Frank Wright's not making a season. He, it's, it, it doesn't matter. Every first-year quarterback, it doesn't matter. They, he, I don't think he'll make the season. 
It's crazy, man. They're so bad at the line of scrimmage. And, and they got some weapons. I mean, Thielen's pretty good. And, you know, Mingo and Chubba Hubbard, like, they got some weapons. Miles Sanders. But if you can't block, I mean, you, you have no chance. An interesting stat, and I was going to save this for my W's and L's, but I'll give one away early. Deron Bland, a cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys, got his fourth pick six of the season. He, as a cornerback, has more touchdowns this year than Jalen Waddell. Amari Cooper, Chris Olave, Brandon Cooks, DJ Chark, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup, Juju Smith-Schuster, Debo Samuels, uh, Samuel, Kyle Pitts, Allen Robinson, a cornerback, four touchdown receptions, four pick sixes. It's crazy, man. We've never seen anything like that. Four interceptions for a touchdown from a guy who the Cowboys picked in the fifth round of the draft a couple years ago. This dude's coming out of nowhere and just making stuff happen. It's crazy. I didn't realize that. Four of them. Four pick six, including the one yesterday. He like dove and had the presence of mind to pop right back up. The dude's a ball hawk, man. Now, they're, they're kind of throwing at him a lot because he's maybe his receiver's open sometimes too. But still, man, four interceptions for a touchdown. That's crazy. That's unbelievable. Yeah, how many touchdowns he's given up? <laughs> He's giving up a few. 12. (laughs) Uh, The Chargers are getting really close to making a coaching move, man. Brandon Staley loses another close one. They lose 23-20. to And a Charger player said yesterday in the postgame, I am fed up. Chargers lose the same way every week. They they have a lead. They blow it late. They lose. Brandon Staley was on the, uh, the hot seat last year. Ownership brought him back. Even when Sean Payton was kind of expressing, hey, I want to go to your team. I want to work with Justin Herbert. How big of a mistake was that? They bring Staley back. They hire Kellen Moore. Well, I had him in Dallas. I thought, I always thought he was a dummy. And now you're four and six, and you're going to fire Staley this offseason, and you're not going to get Sean Payton because he's in Denver. That was a big old mistake giving that man another year. Yeah, and, and Staley's getting kind of aggravated with reporters asking the same questions over and over each week. Fixed and, it. And he's like, I will continue to call the defense. Stop asking that question. Mm, well, crazy I talk. mean, next week, his first question, are you calling the defense again? <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo got a win yesterday, uh, throwing a little water on the uh, the Madden Jinx for one week. They got a 32-6 to win. The Jets benched Zach Wilson yesterday, finally, but they put in Tim Boyle, who was not any better. He was 7 of 14 for 33 yards and an interception. Um, Look, dude, I was Googling this early, and I'm going to read you the exact stats. I don't know how some guys get into the NFL, but Tim Boyle, okay, this gentleman who played in relief of Zach Wilson yesterday, in college now, had one touchdown and 13 interceptions in college. And he's now playing in the NFL. NFL. Playing in the NFL, and we're wondering why he was 7 of 14, 33 yards. He played at UConn for three seasons, one touchdown, 13 interceptions. Well, I guess how they get in there, they sign as a cap arm and maybe make a, a practice squad just for, you know, have some arms and injuries. And they got to step up. Well, you know why this guy's with the Jets? He he's he started his career with Green Bay. He he's Aaron Rodgers' partner. Um, oh, so they brought him along. Hey, Aaron, you're gonna play, but your buddy's gonna be here. Well, that's all well and good until old boy blows out his Achilles, and then Zach Wilson has to play. And then now you got this dude 
who was not even good in college playing Sunday reps for you against the Bills. Yeah, that's not ideal. And you see Zach Wilson on the bench talking to one of his teammates and covering his mouth. And I'll always tell people, when you got to cover your mouth when you're talking to someone. You ain't saying nothing yeah, good. Yeah, nothing good coming out. So he's covering his mouth. God knows what he's telling them. And uh, I'm sure he's not happy with it. But you got to produce what Bobby says or what have you done for me lately. <laughs> you don't produce. You need to sit. And and some and some programs, not all. Like I mean, New Orleans is not producing. He's still gonna ride with the car. What is really cool is um, that right now, as we speak, as we're doing this radio show, there is a chance that Coach Ed Ogeron is listening to us on a radio because he's down the bite. He was visiting. I saw a picture on social media today. He was visiting a uh, local um, bakery, getting some tarts for the <laughs> for the Thanksgiving season. And it leads me to wonder, Syracuse came open this weekend. Before going to LSU when he was doing the assistant coach thing, Bebe at one time interviewed at Syracuse and was a finalist for that job. He coached at Syracuse years back. He sure did. Is there any chances? I saw a list today that was posted on social media of people that Syracuse could maybe bring in. Coach O was on that list. Is there an opportunity, you think, a possibility that he gets back into the game and goes coach at Syracuse in the ACC? Man, I don't know if he wants. Syracuse is 5-6. and six. If they win Saturday, they're going to go to a bowl. They fired Dino Babers, who's been their longtime head coach. Um be very interesting to see if, if he gets but, an interview or if he, or as you said, if he has any desire at all. His name's going to be on a bunch of lists out there. The, the reason why I think he wants to get back in is because he started doing these um, infomercials on Twitter where he's like the brand spokesman for like a clothing company. But they don't need the money to be doing that. He's keeping his name out there. I, I think he's going to get back in this offseason. I really genuinely do. I don't know if it's at Syracuse. There's rumors and whispers that Texas A&M may want him to go be an assistant there under whoever they hire. Um, but I think he's going to get back in this offseason. I really do. I genuinely believe that. Yeah, look, if uh, Willie Fritz leaves Tulane. That would be another I mean, good possibility That's a home well. run. But yeah, there's a number of places he can go if he wants to. Who knows? I mean, he's uh, living the life right now. UL Lafayette, there's whispers that that may come open. They are five and six. They're not playing well. Well, if it were me, I would get Napier back once. <laughs> but I don't know. That, they tell me that he's not even on the hot seat at Florida. I don't know how. We'll get to that in our W's well, and look, later on. They're young. I think you got to give Napier one more year. They are competitive at times. I know they do some silly things. Yeah. Right? They, they've done that. Yeah. and But um, – I don't know. I, I just think some of the mistakes they make, and I, it doesn't matter like who would be coaching them. That, that the mistakes were made, like drop balls and stuff like that, or yeah, uh, you have <laughs> the ball and you pull a a, a Saints guy, uh, oh, Ingram, Ingram, and you go out run out of bounds. If he stays in bounds, that clock runs, or they got to use their last time out, and just little things like that. But uh, giving up a fourth and eighteen, not that, yeah, but it's. Some of that could be coaching, but some. I mean, the players got to make plays, and I think he'll be back one more year. And if uh, if it's the same, then 
they'll make the move. As an LSU fan, I sincerely hope that he's back for another year, if you understand what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Sure Let's do. catch a break when we get back. We'll talk about the aforementioned LSU Tigers. They put it on an overmatched opponent. Um, and there's a new betting favorite for the Heisman Trophy as a result. We'll talk about that. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this. Introducing Six Flags Plus, your pass to a whole year of unlimited visits with access to all Six Flags theme parks and water parks. Plus priority entry, plus parking, plus in-park discounts on food and more. Plus amazing rides and awesome events you don't want to miss. Get all you love about Six Flags. The new Six Flags Plus. All of Six Flags, all year. Experience Six Flags Plus now for just $11.99 a month. See details at SixFlags.com. Get some of the best deals of the year at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. It's their Black Friday sales event. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks, vans, cars, and SUVs. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or home life. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get a great deal on your dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. During this festive season, we extend our warmest wishes to you and your loved ones. May your holidays be filled with joy, and may the upcoming year bring you even more reasons to smile. From all of us at South Lafourche Bank, have a wonderful holiday. I know that we're here to wish you nothing but the best. Tiger fans, are you looking for the latest news on all things LSU? Then Tiger Rag Magazine is your go-to source. Whether you pick up the magazine or browse over to the website, Tiger Rag Magazine, Magazine provides you with the most up-to-date information on all the sports, university, and recruiting news that matters to you. Find it at your local newsstand or online at TigerRag.com. Let's face it, we all know that the recruiting scene at LSU can get a little wild. Don't fret. Now more than ever, Tiger Rag Magazine is staying ahead of the game when it comes to name, image, likeness regulations. Thanks to our Tiger Rag Magazine experts and analysts, we can help you understand what it means to LSU and how you can stand formed on this rapidly changing landscape. Plus, our website makes it easy for fans to get their hands on all the information they need about LSU athletics. Get your subscriptions today. So if you're looking for in-depth coverage of everything LSU, Look no further than Tiger Rag Magazine. Available on newsstands or online, tigerrag.com. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. LSU got a 56-14 win over Georgia State on Saturday in the final night home game for LSU this year. Um, the victory was never really all that much in doubt. I guess maybe the first quarter or so Georgia State played okay, then the Tigers kind of bottled them up. Uh, the story was Jaden Daniels, man. Uh, LSU, look, I'll say it. I, I'm not afraid to say it, even though I'm an LSU homer. They were going out of their way to get him stats on Saturday. Uh, they had so many times the ball at the goal line, and they were play-actioning or running quarterback draws and stuff to try to get him to score, get him some more touchdowns. But with that having been said, he was still unbelievable. 25 of 30, 413 yards passing, six touchdowns, no inter interceptions, 10 carries, 96 yards rushing, two touchdowns. So now for the season, Daniels has 3,577 yards passing, 36 touchdowns, and four interceptions on the ground this season he has now rushed for 1,000 yards 1,014 yards with 10 touchdowns 
And overnight on Saturday, Daniels went from the third best odds to win the Heisman Trophy at like three and a half to one to having negative odds, minus 120 odds. He's now the uh, the Heisman frontrunner, slightly ahead of Bo Nix. Here's how I feel. Um, you lost three games. I hear that argument from all the naysayers. In those three games, you scored 24, 49, and 28, and you gave up in the 40s in all of them. So it's really not the offense's fault. The second piece to this is, LSU's got played the number one strength of schedule in the entire country. So he's doing this against the best schedule in the entire country throughout the course of the year. Penix at Washington can't say that. Bo Nix can't say that. The third thing that I'll say is, um, I've seen Bo Nix play in the SEC before. <laughs> and it didn't look anything like what Jaden Daniels is doing right now. So for all the Oregon fans out there who are going to say, well, He's in a new system now, and, and everything's different. Okay, I got gotcha. I'm going to read you Bo Nix's stats against an SEC school whenever he faced an SEC school last year at Oregon. He was 21 of 37, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, 173 yards passing. Granted, it was against Georgia, but he showed last year that when he faced an SEC school, he still couldn't do it. He is taking advantage of a weaker conference, weaker defenses within the conference to me if you're asking me, and it looks like it is now down to Daniels and Knicks, Penix's odds have dropped way down. Marvin Harrison's odds have dropped way down. If we're picking between those two, I, I don't think there's any. I think Jaden Daniels is head and shoulders better. Now, or is Oregon having a better season? Yeah, they are, right? They only got one loss. They're 10-2. and two. They're facing Oregon State this coming weekend and maybe even the Pac-12 championship game. But you mean to tell me that if Jaden Daniels wouldn't have played with that same Oregon team that he wouldn't have done better? I'll, I'll go so far as to say if Jaden Daniels was on the Oregon team, they wouldn't have a loss. They would have beat Washington 36-33. They'd still be undefeated. I think if you put Bo Nix on LSU's team, you're in a bind this year. You're, I've seen him play in the conference. You're in a bind if you swap Daniels out for Bo Nix. What say you? Should Jaden Daniels be the front runner now to win the Heisman Trophy? I think it's a no-brainer. I think if he plays well against A&M, I think he's going to lock it up. Yeah, look, he's uh, an exceptional player, no doubt. Uh, I just... I don't like the way that these coaches are are doing it now where you're going out and you got a a big lead, third, fourth quarter, and you're keeping your guy in, still throwing the football just to get stats. And uh, and I I get it in one way, but I I just – I don't know. Part of me is saying that it's not right. Just play, and it is what it is. And, uh, yeah, it's tremendous what he does. It's just his quickness. When he's running, you you can't. They can have a spy on him. It don't matter. He's and gonna he, juke the spy yes, out. Yes, it, it's a, it's it's a, it's amazing. And um, I I, I kind of mentioned this last time on, on play by play. Was it Friday or uh, talking about the Heisman voting and 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 all this? These reporters that are are voting on it. I think they they put too much into it now. And I think they even okay. You they're looking at the record, which mm-hmm. if you're going for the best player, should the record come in into play? Not not really. I mean, if you're going with the best player, well, it's not like LSU's three and eight either. I mean, yeah, they're, they're it, eight and three. <laughs> but then you're going to compare records. Then I think Casey and I just they're going to look at the coach. I I, I think they're going to bring that in and. I don't know what Brian Kelly's like. Yeah. 
And, and I think that would hurt Jaden Daniels. I think I think what's going to help Jaden Daniels and why I ultimately think he's going to end up winning the Heisman Trophy if LSU beats Texas A&M on Saturday is I think that everybody in the South is going to vote for Jaden Daniels. I think in the West, some are going to vote for Bo Nix, some are going to vote for Penix, and they'll kind of cancel each other out. So that's why I think Daniels has a really good chance because there's not another SEC player to pick from, right? There's not another guy in the South, nobody at Clemson or Alabama or Georgia, that can maybe steal some of that Southern vote. And I think at the end of the day, that might end up being what power, almost like the presidential election, right? There's red states, there's blue states. I think there's a lot of purple and gold states who are going to be voting all for Daniels, whereas out West, there's going to be some for Penix, some for Nick, some for this guy, some for that guy, and then also some guys who don't support either and who are also going to vote for Daniels. And look, if he doesn't get it, I think you have to look at some of these underlying issues that uh, I was talking about because I just think these reporters or these voters are just putting too much and they're looking. And what happens if they beat an A&M by a lot and they have Daniels in still trying to pad his stats? Does, Does that sit well with all these voters? I think that might turn some of them off. Yeah. Hey, we'll see. Hey. And, and look, we may talk about if he doesn't get it. If he doesn't win it, then you're going to, okay, why? What happened? And I think that would be a cause of it. And look, to be fair, it, it is a big weekend for both Jaden Daniels and Bo Nix. They both have an opportunity to flex their muscles. Oregon is playing Oregon State, the number 11 team in the country. Daniels is facing Texas A&M, which is a really, really good defense. I think there's four games this year that A&M hasn't allowed a defensive touchdown. So if Daniels goes for 350 with 100 yards rushing this weekend, it'd be a huge feather in his cap. If Bo Nix goes for 500 yards passing and six touchdowns against a ranked team, so it's still a lot to be decided. Um, but I think right now, if the season were over right now, I think I would have to go with Daniels. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an LSU guy. Bo Nix doesn't have 1,000 yards rushing. He's got like 100. Um, Bo Nix has not faced the number one schedule in the country. Jaden Daniels has. And people don't realize... Um, Jaden Daniels has not played in the second half of two games. So these numbers are without a whole game that he could have been out there that he was not because LSU was blowing out Army and Grambling. He didn't play the second half of either of those games. So it's almost like even though they're 8-3, and three, he's done it in 10 games and not 11. And that's why I don't put a whole, uh, everything into stats. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's I guess very fair. The, the eye test, look at it. Who's the best player? I see one dude running for 90-yard touchdowns. Against yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. That, that, <laughs> I'm saying it without saying it, Daniel should get the Heisman. Um, we had some really good news in the SEC this week. If you're an LSU fan, Arkansas very stupidly decided that they're going to keep their head football coach for another year. Arkansas is 4-7. and seven. They're going to bring back Sam Pittman. This one was out of left field to me, bro. Two weeks ago, you lost 48-10 to 10 to an Auburn team that got the yeah. hell beat out of them by New Mexico State just one Saturday after. Um, maybe Arkansas feels like they can't do any better. Um, they're not recruiting well. They don't have like a top class or anything. But they're staying loyal to Sam Pittman. I think it's a mistake. But here's the thing that I know, and I know this from experience whenever LSU was going through it with Les Miles. When you have to come out and say that you're bringing your coach back, He's very much so on the hot seat. It's not good. Uh, So next year he better win, and he better win a bunch. And I don't know if Arkansas is going to have the personnel to be able to make that happen. 
Let's catch a break. When we get back, we got some W's and some L's. We got all sorts of stuff to give you in the next segment of the show. It's play-by-play, keeping the train rolling on KLEB. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Well, is there anybody like in life that's more talented than Chris Jericho? Like that's him singing with his rock band that tours the world. Um, he's also in his 50s, still wrestling at a high level in AEW, WWE legend. So good on the microphone. They say he was a heck of a hockey player back in the day. Dude is unbelievable. But it's that time of the week. We've got our W's and our L's. The first W that I'm going to give is has nothing to do with sports. Do you follow much? Well, let me ask you this question first, and please don't be insulted. You're a different generation than me. Hey, boy. Do you know who Snoop Dogg is? Yeah. Okay. Snoop Dogg has been teasing on Twitter for the last three, four weeks. I ain't smoking anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Snoop Dogg is a notorious pothead, right? Huge, notorious pothead. I ain't smoking anymore. I'm giving up smoke. I ain't smoking anymore. Give up smoke. So it's gone viral. Hey, Snoop is off the weed. He's not going to be a smoker anymore. Today, he launched the most brilliant marketing tool that we have ever seen in modern business. He is the spokesperson for a company that makes outdoor fire pits that produces a flame, but no smoke. So he ain't smoking no more, but he's supporting an outdoor patio uh, 
appliance. He's not uh, actually giving up the, the green stuff. I thought he was going to open a bakery and have some uh, marijuana brownies. Hey, wonderful. He's not smoking. Wonderful marketing from Snoop there, and he gets the first W just because I thought that was cool as heck when I woke up. And L is going to be a given to Kenny Pickett. The Steelers are 6-4. and four. I don't know how. Um, they played the Browns yesterday. Kenny Pickett was 15 of 28, 106 yards passing. He was absolutely terrible. Um, but I'm so torn because if you watch SportsCenter and you watch Dan Arlovsky, who I think does an excellent job breaking down film on Mondays, I don't watch a whole lot of ESPN, but I do watch when Dan Arlovsky is breaking down film because you learn some stuff. He went off on Matt Canada in his film study of the Browns and the Steelers, basically said, hey, the Steelers are just guessing. They're not running plays with a purpose. They're just kind of pissing into the wind. So I don't know if it's Pickett so much as the play calling, but somebody there's got to get an L. Their offense looked horrible yesterday against Cleveland, losing 13-10. to You shouldn't be losing to the Browns when Deshaun Watson don't play, yep. bro. A.W. goes to the Detroit Lions, who are now 8-2. and two. The Lions were losing by two scores with four minutes left. They scored, got a stop, scored again. They didn't play well at home against the Bears, but found a way. Is there anybody that's more of a lock for something than Dan Campbell is a lock to win coach of the year this year? Like, just give him the trophy now, man. My God, he's doing a wonderful job. Yeah, who else is there? Not anybody that deserves it more than Dan Campbell. And L goes to Ron Rivera and the Washington Commanders. You are facing Tommy DeVito, who is terrible at home, and you let him go for 246, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Sam Howell throws three picks, and you lose 31-19 to at home, setting up a Thanksgiving matchup with the Cowboys. How do you lose to the Giants without Daniel Jones? Man, that's a mess. That's a not good loss for Washington. Beginning of the year, everybody was saying, oh, man, BNM is making a big difference in Washington. That was just a couple of weeks of a fluke. Their offense is not very good. Their team's not very good. Well, you asked that question, how you lose to the Giants in a couple of weeks. The Saints will show you how. <laughs> The Bills um, hand the Jets a weekend L. Zach Wilson gets the weekend L. He was 7 of 15, 81 yards, and he is now formally benched. The Jets have just announced they're going with Tim Boyle as their starter on Sunday. One touchdown, 13 interceptions in college, starting an NFL game only in America. So the Jets are going to go from Zach Wilson to this dude. If you get benched for Tim Boyle, um, you're bad. Yeah, something ain't going right for you. A weekend W goes to Jaden Daniels in the LSU offense. They scored every single possession. But I'm not going to give the actual W to Daniels. I'm going to give the W to our local guy, Kyron Lacey, who played really, really well for LSU. Had a 100-yard receiving game, five catches, 101, two touchdowns. There's some rumors and some whispers. Even though LSU lists Kyron Lacey as a senior, he could finagle and do some COVID year stuff that could maybe allow him to play next year. If he does, he's starting to come on here. If he does, he could be one of the top receivers. But you figure you're going to lose neighbors and Brian Thomas to the draft. He right now is the third guy. If he comes back next year, he could have a huge year, maybe get himself into the NFL conversation. That'd be really cool to see. We're going to try later this week to have Coach Kenny Lacey, his father, on. Because I know Kenny's got to be jacked up. Dude, I couldn't imagine the adrenaline rush of watching your boy catch a touchdown in Tiger Stadium. Like That's got to be just the coolest feeling in the world. Yeah, not just one, several <laughs> touchdowns. No doubt. No doubt about that. A weekend L goes to the University of Tennessee. Um, boy, first play of the game, everything was good. 75-yard touchdown run. They go up 7 nothing against Georgia. They lose the rest of the game 38-3. to Georgia hammers them. Tennessee can't move the ball. 
Joel Milton is struggling. Uh, Tennessee's seven and four, and looking every bit the part of a one-year wonder. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that SEC championship game with Georgia, Alabama. That could be one heck of a game. But Tennessee, uh, their coach, how much is talked about? Yeah, he kind of went from the top down quick. Yeah. And another weekend L goes to my guy, Napier, as Strzok calls him, Napier at Florida. You're winning 31-30. to 30. You have the ball. Or excuse me, you're not winning 31-30. You are um, 28. You're trailing 30-28. to 28. There, I got it right. You're trailing 30-28. to 28. You have the ball. You're driving. All you need is one more first down to ensure that you're kicking a field goal with no time left. Not only do they give Missouri the ball back, they give Missouri the ball back with a lot of time as they're running sideline tosses and running out of bounds. And lo and behold, Missouri does get it back. They convert a fourth and 18. And then after the fourth and 18, it's like Florida just quit. They were giving up 15 and 20 yard passes. It ends up being a short field goal for the Tigers. Onapia is now five and six. They're playing Florida State. If they don't beat Florida State on Saturday, they're not going to a bowl at all. Um, and I know we talked about it earlier in the show, the youth and everything, that's that's valid. But you did make a bowl last year. If you don't make one this year, that's going backward. And that would really put, I think, Napier on the hot seat going into next season. Yeah, and to show you Florida season, I think it was that game where they get the ball back, one play where you're going to just throw a short little pass, catch it, ladder the ball back and all this. The guy misses the yeah, first. Yeah, didn't even catch, yeah. <laughs> He didn't catch the first pass. A weekend W goes to the Louisville Cardinals. They get a 38-31 to win over Miami. They're 10-1 and and have an outside shot to make the college football playoff. Louisville is ranked at number 10. No one has said a word about them all year. If they beat Kentucky this weekend and then beat Florida State the weekend after that and have some teams below them lose, there's a chance that this team, who we have not even spoken of this year, can maybe get into the top four. That's unbelievable, the work that they've done. I didn't realize they were number 10 in the country. They beat Miami on the road this weekend. Great win for the Cardinals, man. And look, Florida State is not the Florida State team they were a couple of weeks ago. Quarterbacks injured. That We'll see. That leads to the next weekend L, which is Florida State's playoff chances because your quarterback gets his legs splattered. You defeat North Alabama 58 to 13. At one time, they were losing that game 13 to nothing. Um, but you rally back, score 58 unanswered, as you're supposed to do. Um, I don't know if they could beat Florida without Jordan Travis. Now, the backup came in on Saturday and was pretty good. Tate Rodemaker, he threw for two touchdowns, no interceptions. But you were facing three and eight North Alabama. I don't know if it's going to be the same <laughs> setup against Florida. So. Keep an eye on those Seminoles. They may be poised to get upset this weekend. They're still a seven-point favorite against Florida, but it would have been much larger than that if not for uh, for that. Let's see. We'll give a weekend uh, W to Deron Bland and my Dallas Cowboys. We talked about him earlier in the show. Four interceptions have gone for the house this season. He's got six interceptions total for a Cowboy defense that dominated the game against Carolina. They got seven sacks, forced a bunch of turnovers, and did some really good things. Um, does it make me... Um, not a bad fan, because I'm a pessimist by trade, but I'm trying to think of a way to say this. I usually am not on board the Cowboys being a legitimate contender. I think Dallas is pretty good. After the 49er game, they have played really well. They beat the Chargers, they beat the Rams, should have beat the Eagles, beat the Giants, beat the Panthers. Like, I'm starting to believe that this might be a year this team can maybe make a little push. Yeah, they can. Yeah, um, we said that a couple of weeks ago where 
they look to be a, a pretty darn good football team, and they got to have a little bit of luck, I think, mm-hmm. the, the rest of the way. And just uh, Jerry Jones, stay, just stay in the background. Get get the year right. Did you see that? I, I, That's got to be a weekend. I, I didn't Hell. see what he did. I saw that he put Jimmy Johnson in the hall uh, or the ring of honor or they're putting him in the ring of honor. He 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 got the year wrong? Yeah, he's telling Jimmy Johnson, listen, on what is December 30th, 1923. You oh, going Jesus. <laughs> and, I, didn't, I didn't see that. Oh, and Jimmy God. Johnson, I, I hope it's 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what did I say? Uh, kudos to Jerry for finally getting that done. And look, whether you like the Cowboys or whether you don't, um, he deserves to be there. And I always think that this is cool in all stages of life. When two people who have problems get back together and renew their friendship, Jerry and, and, and Jimmy didn't like one another for a while. They seem to be very comfortable around one another now, and that's really cool to see. A weekend W. goes to my guy, James Harden, with the team struggling, with the team on a losing streak. He had a four-point play with 10 seconds to go in a tie game to beat the Houston Rockets. They get their first win since he's been in Los Angeles with the Clippers. They're going to get their second win tonight against the San Antonio Spurs. You could count on that one. On along the same line, a weekend L goes to Zion Williamson. Wonk, wonk. The Pelicans are at home against the Timberwolves. It's the second night of a back-to-back after beating Denver. That's a great win, by the way, beating Denver. It's a huge win. Do you build on that momentum and beat the Timberwolves the next night? Nope, you lose 121-120. to 120. Why did you lose 121-120? to 120? Because Willie Green asked Zion Williamson, hey, second night of a back-to-back, you good to go? Zion said, oh, I need a rest. You lost by one point. Brandon Ingram played both nights of the back-to-back, scored 30 in the second game. Jonas Valanciunas played both nights of the back-to-back, scored 26 points, had 11 rebounds. Jordan Hawkins played the second night of the back-to-back. So did Dyson Daniels. What does it say when your leader's not willing to put in the hard work? I have never heard. Look, sometimes the load management stuff, the stuff that, you know, the guy's not playing the second game, 99.9% of the time, that's because the team is making the guy sit out. Willie Green left it up to Zion, and he openly said, yeah, I'm good, I don't want to play. And you lost by one. That's embarrassing for your organization, and especially that this would tell you with Zion, he has no clue. You do it at home? You're, the the you're, fans should boycott this. You're, you're, you're pissing on your fans. Yeah, at home. That that is ridiculous. Where just I need rest. I would maybe understand if you forty five games into the season, you know, a little wear and tear on some veteran players. Coach, he's twenty three. Not yeah, this. It's, it's twenty three. Ridiculous. He's twenty three, and he has only played hundred twenty four games in his career. You you have spent your whole career resting, bro. Your whole career has been you resting. Stop paying him the money and move on from him. It's uh it's unbelievable, man. Uh, I, I was I was blown away. And and I, I couldn't help but wonder those guys in the locker room that busted their ass to try to beat Minnesota, how could you not in the back of your mind be like, Well, well damn, this dude don't don't want to compete with it. Like that that's gotta be something that's causing problems has to, in the locker room. Has to. Weekend L goes to Clay Thompson. Of the Golden State Warriors, Klay Thompson looks washed up. In the last couple of games, he was one of 10 shooting in a loss against Oklahoma City. 
in that game. He scored five points. He followed that up with a 5 of 13 performance in an overtime loss. The Thunder are rolling. The Warriors are not. And Klay Thompson, a big piece of their team, looks like he is a scrub board, completely washed. He is not playing well at all, and they need him if they want to make a run. Kind of sad to see, but then again, I don't like the Warriors very much, so it's not all that sad to see. Yeah. Uh, weekend W, man, I hate to do this. You guys know I'm not a, a LeBron guy, but we got to give credit where it's due. LeBron James this weekend played unbelievably well. He's 38 years old. In the two games this weekend, he was 13 of 22 shooting with 35 points and 9 assists in a win against Portland. Last night, he was 14 of 19 shooting with 37 points and 8 assists in a win over the Rockets. Um, his dudes, uh, look, don't like him, don't agree with most of his stances on worldly events, but to be doing this at age 38, that's ridiculous, man. Like that, that, that pro- Got to give props where they're due. That's a ridiculous accomplishment from LeBron. Yeah, um, it hurts me you gave him a W. <laughs> it, yeah, and look, it is what it is. Um, a weekend L goes to LSU women's basketball. I don't know who to give it to, but they've got some drama. Um, they beat Southeastern on Friday um, decisively. No Angel Reese. Kim Mulkey, while dealing with a, the worst case of COVID that I've ever seen after the game, is snorting and blowing her nose and coughing and um, saying, I, I, might, I, I might have COVID, ha, but I didn't get tested. I, like giving her germs to everybody while stumbling through an announcement that Angel Reese isn't there. Uh, it's, just, it's just a mess that, right now, man. That's just an, a mess. That's an embarrassing look for a head coach on a college level. You got the platform and to go out and just, well, it might be COVID, but I'm not getting a shot and you'll get the fluids because that is, that's, ridiculous well, she here's needs the to- thing dude she she said and look this is like this is offensive i lost family members to COVID. yes she said i'm not a sissy i i i'm not gonna be stopped by no so what you're trying to say is is my great uncle who died of this is a sissy like learn learn the when to not talk sometimes coach like we love you you want a national championship you don't always have to give us a one-liner coach like it's okay um but yeah that was not a good look yeah i have lost so much respect for her that was with that press conference. Uh, I mean, blowing your nose and looking at the, your snot while people are asking <laughs> you questions, and then the comments you make after. She needs to do better. They're playing Texas Southern today. Yes or no? Will Angel Reese be back with the team today? I know you don't have any inside information. I'm just asking. For uh, I would say no because we haven't heard anything. So I, Texas Southern is god awful. Um, LSU's going to win that game by a zillion tonight. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, a weekend W goes to the Nichols Colonels um, because on Thursday, it's a little before the weekend, they got a win over Southeastern, finished their Southland Conference schedule undefeated. They now are going to be taking on the Salukis of Southern Illinois in the FCS playoffs. Um, so really good news there as the Colonels push forward and they're going to play a Saluki team. That's really good. Um, but one thing that was interesting, Nichols is the only Southland Conference team in the FCS playoffs. Incarnate Word, who's been one of the big dogs all year, despite going like nine and two, they didn't get in. So Ooh, the wow. Colonels are the only Southland Conference team representing the uh, representing the area. That'll wrap up our W's and L's. But we're going to just stay here till the till the top of the hour. Um, Tulane announced today that they are targeting Northern Iowa's David Harris for the athletic director job. 
Very interested to see what this means because I saw on social media last week, and I don't remember the name that I read, but I know for sure it was not David Harris. A Tulane reporter was saying, hey, the guy that Willie Fritz is supporting for the AD job is blank. I don't remember the name, but it was not this. It was not David Harris. So it looks like Tulane is maybe going against the grain here, and we'll see um, how much – look. At the end of the day, well, then here you go. It says in the story, Fritz has lobbied for the promotion of Deputy Athletic Director Court Gosha, or Gosha. So that's that's Fritz's guy, but it looks like Tulane's guy is David Harris. How much input would you give a head football coach in a decision like this, knowing good well that if you don't hire his dude, he might be at Mississippi State, he might be at whoever. How much input would you be giving him if you're Tulane? In Tulane's uh, situation, a lot because I, I really think it, it. He may he may leave. You know, a lot of times you hear this. Well, oh, this is uh, Fritz is not this AD's guy. So if he goes and has one down year now, want to make a move, bring someone else in. But um, I don't know. I, I it's interesting, you know. It, not often do you hear a head football coach get involved, right? Like when Skip Bertman retired, Les Miles didn't say, hey, I want Joe Oliva to be like, they don't often endorse someone publicly. So when Willie Fritz did, it sounded like an ultimatum to me is what it sounded like. And then to know that they're maybe not paying out that ultimatum just makes you wonder. Yeah, and Fritz, Fritz did say, look, that's not my department. I'm not involved in that. But since you asked, I this is you know y'all know who I'm supporting. Yeah, and he didn't say the name, but everybody knew. LSU got a men's basketball victory yesterday. That was their best win of the season so far to this point. They beat Wake Forest uh, out in a tournament. Matt McMahon's team wins eighty six to eighty. They're now three and two. Uh, they were led in scoring by Will Baker, who has been their best player bar none. He had twenty three points, eight rebounds. So after losing an embarrassing one to start that tournament where you blew a big 15-point lead in like six minutes against Dayton. You bounce back, you beat North Texas, you beat Wake Forest. So, you know, the ship's kind of back on even keel, but I don't know, man. LSU's still not very good. I've watched them a little bit this year. It's still going to be a rough basketball year for the Tigers, man. Yeah, but at least they got the victory. We've got a huge, or as our former president, uh, Donald Trump would say, huge Eagles and the Chiefs tonight. I know I'm rooting for the Chiefs because it helps my Cowboys if the Chiefs beat the Eagles. Though I got to concede that I don't root for the Chiefs otherwise. I think that they are the NFL definition of what Fonchak means. If you're down the bye and you know, you know. think that they are a little arrogant, disrespectful to the opponent sometimes when you're in the huddle doing ring around the rosy and all this other crap that they do. Who do you got tonight? Because I can make the argument, despite being 7-2 and two and 8-1, and one, neither of these teams are as good as they were last year whenever they played in the Super Bowl. Who you got tonight? Kansas City's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't have a lean either way, though. I'm pulling for the Chiefs. Who are you picking? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to uh, Chiefs. It's going to be very I- interesting to see. Um, well, first, Taylor Swift. I don't know if she's going to be there or not. So if she's not, Kelsey won't play well. Uh, um Mahomes and Hurts both have some turnovers. I think whichever team this year limits that is going to have the, the head up. 
I'll put you on the spot. Is this going to be a Super Bowl preview? Are, are these same two teams going to make it to the Super Bowl again this year? No. You don't think so? You going Dallas no. in the NFC? No. <laughs> you going San Francisco? I, I'm going to go to Fort Anonis. I think they'll get things uh, back where they were starting off the year. AFC. Chiefs, Dolphins, Bills. God. I hope it's the Dolphins. I thought you were going to say you hoped it's the Bills so I could shut up. Well, no, I didn't think of that, but yeah, <laughs> let me, I'm going, I'm going Bills. The Bills played really well yesterday with Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator. They had been struggling with turnovers. They had been struggling with a lot of stuff against a good jet, a good Jets defense. They gained a bunch of yards. Josh Allen at 275 passing. They got almost 400 yards of offense. You could just see, and I, I've, I've talked about this now for a while. The Bills finished the year strong. They get fixed. They go to the playoffs. The Saints finished the season poorly. Dennis Allen does what Dennis Allen does. How Morris Bart says, make the one call, that's all. I could see Joe Brady being the next head coach of the New Orleans Saints. I've I been calling for a month now. I could see that happening. I, look, I wasn't a Joe Brady fan a couple of years ago, but it would definitely be an upgrade now. Head coach, does he want it? I think he wants to be paid five or six million dollars a well, year. <laughs> He's still really young, though. He's still just in his early thirties. He would be one of the youngest head coaches in the NFL. I'm, I'm just telling you, that's just something to pay attention to. Uh, if the Bills finish the year strong, he's going to get a lot of credit for that, and that's a possibility if New Orleans moves on from from Dennis Allen at the end of the year. Though Catherine Terrell said yesterday that there's not a chance of that happening, that Dennis Allen's going to be back, which just causes uh, vomit to build in my throat um, as I'm hearing that. Like, how could he not be on the hot seat? But that's neither here nor there. The Pelicans are playing tonight. Um, His Highness Zion Williamson is not. He has woken up from his nap. He will be available. The Kings and the the Pelicans tonight out at the blender. Um, The Kings are really good, 8-4. and Good chance for the Pelicans to maybe flex their muscles and try to get a win. New Orleans going to win tonight, Chief? Who they got? Sacramento. I hope they do. I hope they do too, but, I mean, you and I both know that what we want sometimes well, isn't necessarily what happens. Zion should be ready to go. Yeah, he, he, is, he is a full go today. He has gotten all of his sleep. He's gotten eight hours of sleep. He's eaten his three meals a day. He even ate an apple to keep the doctor away. He is um, he's good to go for now. Things could change, but he's good to go for now. Well, if he ate an apple, that's be the healthiest food he's eaten in his entire life. <laughs> well, no, McDonald's does sell apples, right? They come inside of the Happy Meal, so maybe he's eaten a couple of apples in his career. Yeah, with forty uh, meals, uh, Happy Meals, forty Happy Meals, and got to get the toy too. We're gonna put a pin in things today. We thank everybody so much for the time. We're up against the clock. We thank Coach Jenkins at Lutcher for the time. Tomorrow, I'm going to get Gage Griffin on. I promised Gage on Friday when our phones were out that I'd have him Monday and then just completely forgot to book him today. (laughs) So we'll have him tomorrow, uh, and we'll get you some results from the Thibodeau tournament. We'll also maybe try to have Tony Clark on tomorrow to to promote his event. Uh, You've been listening to Play by Play. Have a wonderful rest of the day. For Brian Colley, this is Casey Jessica signing off. Love you guys. Have a great day.